Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. We're your hosts, James and Anthony. This episode is going to be about Phase 5 since Marvel released their huge upcoming slate of films and TV series at Comic-Con. We thought we'd do an entire episode about it. Yeah, I'm very excited to talk about Phase 5 and everything that's coming. There's so many questions I have. We're joined with a special guest, Amanda Crisillo, who we've met several times in person. She is huge on TikTok, Instagram, social media, big nerd content out there. Uh, Amanda just vibing is her social media tag. Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. We're so happy to have you here. We've met you a bunch of times in person. We see you at the IMAX screenings. You're also a regular on the red carpet. You have a new job at Paramount. So just talk about yourself, your content, and your new job, and where you're going forward now. Gotcha. So my name is Amanda Castrello. Um, I go by Amanda Just Vibin on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, I'm a social media uh, producer, content creator, and influencer. And I um, kind of just started all this like during like 2020 when I got like furloughed and I just had a, like a lot of time on my hands and it just kind of turned into this whole big thing and it's been awesome. So I'm so happy to be here now. Yeah, the, the same thing happened with us where we started the podcast in 2020 of June. And then, you know, just like with you, TikTok really helped propel us into turning this into a career. And so it's amazing that social media especially that app in particular has created so many jobs and opportunities for people like us. And it's just, I think I couldn't have imagined it a few years ago. Yeah. We're so happy to have other popular TikTokers on here, other, what I, we call film fluencers on here and Marvel phase five has, they got a lot cook cooking. And like, I want to talk about the first four phases in their box office return. So I have a list of Phase one, we had a $3. billion box office with six films. That's $633 million per film. Phase two, we had $5.2 billion box office, six films, $866 million per film. Phase three, $13.5 billion from 11 films with $1.2 billion per movie box office. Then phase four is obviously affected by COVID and lockdowns. $4.6 billion from six films, $633 million per movie so phase four is officially over. We're entering phase five. How are your thoughts on phase five, Amanda? Oh my gosh. So I'm super excited to see what's going to come next. Uh, this whole phase, I feel like, I think maybe the pandemic affected it, but I feel like it went by so fast, you know? And it might have also been affected by the fact that like when the other first three phases came out, I was much younger. So life felt like it took like an eternity. But now it's like, I'm like, wow, we're already here. We're already getting to phase five. Like Wakanda Forever is going to be the last of phase four. And then we're right into the next one. So I'm so excited for the new shows. Like I'm really excited for um, Coven of Chaos, especially. And um, Loki season two, like all these just projects that seem so far away are like suddenly like a year or two years away. Uh, Yes, it was Agatha all along, wasn't it? And I just want to quickly list off what phase five will entail in terms of their slate. So... Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania will be coming out on February 17th, 2023. Secret Invasion, the TV series, will be coming out on Disney Plus in spring 2023. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 will be coming out May 5th, 2023. Echo, the TV series, will be coming out on Disney Plus in summer 2023. Loki Season 2 will be coming out on Disney Plus in summer 2023 as well. Then the Marvel's film will be coming out July 28th, 2023. Blade will be coming out November 3rd, 2023. Ironheart, the TV series, will be coming out on Disney Plus in the fall of 2023. Agatha, Coven of Chaos, the TV series, will be coming out on Disney Plus in the winter of 2023 and then finish off in the early months of 2024. Daredevil, Born Again, 
The TV series will be coming out on Disney Plus in the spring of 2024. Captain America, New World Order, I like that title, will be coming out <laughs> May 3rd, 2024. And then Thunderbolts, the final film in the phase, will be coming out July 18th, 2024. So a jam-packed couple of years for Marvel. That's they've a year up, and a half. Yeah, they they did a lot of planning to make this work, and it's really impressive uh, the amount of content they're going to be putting out. Now, what is everyone here's most anticipated Marvel project, MCU project? Is it is it for you, um, Amanda, the Coven of Chaos? Anthony, what's yours? Let's hear it. Amanda, is it, is it Agatha? Um, so it's one of them, but one of them that I'm really, really excited for is Blade. Um, yes. <laughs> because I used to watch those movies with my dad, like the Wesley Snipes ones. I used to watch them with my dad. So when I heard that they were like putting Blade into the MCU, I was like, yes! Yeah, I'm so happy. And then we hear him at the end of Eternals. I'm like, oh my God. So Think you're ready I'm for that? <laughs> so pumped for that. Agreed. Number one for me is Blade. It's actually my most anticipated Marvel movie since Endgame. Uh, we grew up like you. We had a lot of older brothers who would show us like scary movies that we should not have been watching. <laughs> when we were little. So we actually grew up watching Blade from when we were very young. Always adored Wesley Snipes. Guillermo del Toro, one of my favorite directors, made the second Blade, which I really love. I, I love that franchise. And now that it's coming back, Mahershala Ali, one of the best actors of his generation. He already has two Oscars. Just what an amazing talent to be taking on the role. I think it's really perfect casting. I hate to sound like a broken record, but <laughs> Blade is my most anticipated movie. I've been waiting years for this ever since they announced that they were going to make it. Then they cast Mahershala, who is just perfect as Blade. I can't wait to see what he does with it because he's obviously going to do a little bit of a different interpretation than Wesley. However, I do have some reservations. I hope they go hard PG-13. We mm -hmm. know they're most li likely not going to do a rated R Marvel movie. Maybe a Deadpool movie might be rated R in the future, but that has, that's still yet to be seen since Disney you know, purchased 20th Century Fox. So we don't know if they're ever going to make a rated R comic book movie again. But I hope if they don't do radar with Blade, which they probably won't, that they just make it hard PG-13, even scarier and darker than Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, because that's what Blade needs. He needs to be a hardcore guy. We need to see some gore. That's part of the character, and I hope they really embrace that and give us something really scary and epic. I love Blade so much. Do you want a hard R, Amanda? Um, yes, I do. Um, I am a, like, <laughs> I am a full like believer in like the fact that like certain ratings just fit certain genres better, you know. And um, I'm a person that a I love Marvel, b I love vampires, so Blade is like right right up my alley. And I also love horror. And there are just certain limitations within like a PG-13 rating that like sometimes. Like, it's not necessarily that you have to go, like, full, like, off the wall, but there are just certain things that you can't do in a PG-13 movie that you can do in an R-rated movie. And I believe that it would be a good opportunity to, like, kind of venture out into, like, a more older audience because people can handle it. Like, the MCU fandom, like, we've grown up with this stuff. We're adults now. And it would be nice to have, like something for an older audience like again like we saw the success with deadpool we, we've seen the success with more mature type movies even in like for example like dc when we have like the suicide squad those movies did amazing so i feel like it'd be a good avenue for marvel to take and what i think i think that they can make blade rated r because since they own fox they can they'll and they, i think they will make another deadpool movie rated r they just won't release it under the disney umbrella because that's their brand, I think they'll release it under the 20th Century Fox umbrella. So it'll be like when the credits roll, it'll be Marvel, Fox, 
and maybe not even Disney involved. So because they don't want to mess with their brand of being family friendly. So I think that they can make Blade rated R for his individual movies. Obviously, if he's going to team up and enter other films, it's not he's not going to be hacking people until in half. <laughs> but he can still use his powers and abilities to fight villains. But I really think that if they have Blade in their universe, his movies, they need to be a hard R. We need to see him because the way Blade fights, the same way Deadpool fights, he's cutting people off in half. He's cutting limbs off. He's shooting people like we need to see that gore. It's a part of the character. So I think both Deadpool and Blade have uh, I have high hopes that they can still be rated R. And Disney's been doing it for a while. I mean, The Nightmare Before Christmas, they released not as a Disney movie originally. And then when it became super successful and families did like it so much, then it became a Walt Disney property that they showcased with their logo and everything. So hopefully, maybe we'll we'll see what's going to happen. I do think it's a possibility because um, they recently had updated the terms and conditions on Disney+. And they've recently had like a mature content filter. And in order to watch it, do kids need to, is there like a parental control where they can't like access a rated R movie without a password? Yeah. yeah. So there's a parental control on Disney plus now, obviously I don't use it, um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's no kids in the house and my dog, uh, she can watch R rated stuff if she wants to. But uh, <laughs> like if you open Disney plus, there's like a warning of like mature material and it can like give you the option to be able to access that part of Disney Plus. And then I do know that in other countries, Disney Plus has like a little star icon and they also have different things. Now, before we get more into phase five, let's just go over phase four, which I agree with you, Amanda. It felt like it flew by out of with like no time at all. I barely even knew that phase four was happening in a lot of ways. I think the pandemic just messed with all of our timelines and our perception of time. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to list off phase four. And I want to hear your your all of our opinions about phase four, the strengths, the weaknesses. So for films, we got Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, Spider-Man No Way Home, Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, Thor Love and Thunder, and Black Panther Wakanda Forever will be the final film. And then for TV series, WandaVision, Win- The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, What If, Hawkeye, Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, she-Hulk, Attorney at Law will be the final series in Phase 4. And then we're getting two TV specials, an untitled Halloween special that Michael Giacchino is actually directing, the composer, and also the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. So those will be the final parts of Phase 4. What are your overall thoughts on Phase 4? Uh, do you have a favorite movie or film or TV show? Or And do you think it compares... How do you think it compares to the other phases? Take it away, Amanda. Go ahead. (laughs) So I love phase four in the aspect that it kind of went back to the basics of like, because again, like all of like in the Infinity Saga, so many of our hero stories came to an end. So now we are moving into a new phase of heroes, i.e. phase four. And we are getting to see their beginnings. We're getting to see where they came from. We're getting to see their origins. And it feels so much more self-contained. Like I love a good like, character-driven narrative with like a self-contained story that is just like my thing and so I was really happy to see like not only the continuation of like the younger members of the Avengers stories and also like introduction of new people that are going to carry the franchise forward um my favorites personally were Shang-Chi um I loved Spider-Man No Way Home I'm still like kind of freaking out that it even exists like it's so it like that movie i always say i'm like it was offensively good like, it's like it had some big things to live up to and i don't know how they pulled it off but they did um i re- i very much enjoyed thor love and thunder that's one of my favorite like thor is one of my favorite avengers period and i enjoy the thor films very much 
And Eternals also like pleasantly surprised me. It was something very different from what we had seen previously in the MCU. So I really enjoyed that movie as well. As far as series, um, I've watched WandaVision three times. Um, That's good. That it's is good. my one of my new comfort shows. I I've watched it when I was sick. I just watched it when I felt like I wanted to cry. Like I love that show so much. Um, Moon Knight. Um, Moon Knight is one of those things where it's like I didn't expect to love it as much as I did, but I really did. I loved like the structure of it. I loved seeing like the different cultural aspects. It was amazing to me. And then um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier had me in my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> and Miss Marvel was definitely very fun. It gave me like kind of like Spider-Man Homecoming vibes, um, especially with like the graphics and like the little like animated bits and um, how they used the set to kind of tell the story. That was like really cool visually to look at. And it was great to also learn more about like different cultures, different characters, like people that we haven't previously seen within the MCU. So as far as phase four is concerned, like I really enjoyed it. Like it was great to see like the beginnings of like this new phase of Marvel. And it kind of felt like, it was like passing a baton, you know? Exactly. I, I agree. And I think Marvel Phase 4 has been really impressive. I think it gets a lot of flack, uh, undeservedly so, because they're coming off Infinity War and Endgame, and they really capped off that saga brilliantly. It's hard to immediately start off again with such high caliber and loved movies. And I thought it was smart for them to lay the groundwork for new characters with TV shows. Uh, I wasn't sure how it would work, but like WandaVision really set the stage for fandom to really embrace the television series format. I think WandaVision um, is probably my favorite thing they've done in Phase 4. I think it was a really brilliant show. And then for for movies, I think Spider-Man No Way Home is the best movie in Phase 4 so far. But it looks like Wakanda Forever is really going to take the cake. It looks like a really sensational trailer. But... I like how once again, like with I was, I was, we always say like we didn't know any, we don't know anything about comic books. We didn't grow up with it. So when the Guardians of the Galaxy was announced, I was like, "Who are the Guardians of the Galaxy?" <laughs> Same, I, was like, I, I, I don't even think I knew who Iron Man was when Iron Man first came out uh, with the announcement and trailer. So a lot of this is new to us. And what's really impressive is even for people who aren't fans of the comics or readers of the comics, I can watch a show like Moonlight and think, "Wow, this is a really cool character. I enjoy this." So it's really impressive how they are still being able, they're still able to success lay the groundwork for lesser-known characters to mainstream audiences. Yeah, that's a great point. People were probably waiting for, like, the next films to be just as good as Infinity War and just as impactful as Endgame, but it's a new chapter. And, you know, my one con with the Phase 4 personally is the Black Widow movie because not that I didn't like the movie, it's just that they gave her a movie after the character died two years later, and it's just, like, felt so short, too short, too late, too little too late, and it kind of didn't really... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply mean anything for the mcu going forward unless they bring her back for another like prequel saga series or something like that so i feel like black widow deserved a movie years ago Mm -hmm. fortunately she got one but they also did the same day release with it and scarlett johansson obviously she won the lawsuit against them so i feel like they just kind of just they they weren't super great and respectful to the character and to scarjo with that my favorite movie for, for sure so far is spider-man no way home that movie was absolutely epic same feelings with it as a man i've seen it three times in theaters and at an outdoor movie theater i still don't believe it exists it's incredible <laughs> wandavision was excellent i like that series a lot i also liked like both you moon knight as well i thought that was a terrific show we have She-Hulk coming out soon, so we'll definitely get to check that out. But I'm really – I had no idea about this Halloween special that Michael Giacchino is making. Yeah. And the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, I cannot wait because I, I still love them so much. And, and I will that's say – the perfect uh, yeah. team for that kind of special. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> it's like when um Lucas did the, uh, the Wookiee special for Star Wars with the Wookiee family. It's pretty funny. But I will say I have not seen everything in Phase 4. I just uh, – I don't have time to watch all the television shows because I do like watching a ton of movies and all sorts of movies from, you know, international films to foreign – like yeah. old films. So I and haven't seen everything. we got to do the podcast too. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen everything in Phase 4 and I'm not I'm, – I already know I'm not going to be able to see everything in Phase 5 because it's just too much for me. I have a lot of other interests, so I'm not going to be able to – be as uh, adept at understanding the phases as most people. We'll see all the movies yeah, for sure. I'm definitely uh, all the movies I'll see for sure. But uh, I, like with the with phase four, with phase four, I, I picked and chose picked and chose the series I watched. Like um, WandaVision, uh, Moon Knight. Uh, I really like those series. Those are the ones I watched. Mm-hmm. And I like, have a question for both. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Amanda. Oh, yeah. Um, I just wanted to say one last thing about like because you said that people were expecting so much more after Infinity War, and I think people forget that Infinity War was accumulated over 11 years. Like, that like that whole thing, that movie, that finale, like Infinity War and Endgame, were literally the product of over a decade's worth of work. So to expect a new phase of a series to be just like something that is literally the product of over 10, 11 years of work, I think it's kind of, like, weirdly foolish, you know? Like, you... It's not, it's in a get there again. And you have to kind of like wait for it to get there. You can't just expect the cake to be baked without getting all the ingredients first, you know? 100% agree. It's kind of like the Star Wars fandom, how they just like to hate the new movies, even though ironically that's what they are mad about people hating the prequel trilogy now. Now everyone like, loves the prequel yeah, trilogy. And I think the same Obi-Wan. thing will happen with the sequel trilogy. Like in 10 years, people will love the sequel trilogy again. So uh, I think there's this weird thing with um, fan bases of being unsatisfied and always holding things to a, too high of a standard and expecting like their expectations to always be met and exceeded. So it's difficult to pull that off with new characters. So, But I think Marvel's laying the groundwork for something really special. I got a question for both of you. Well, it's a two-parter. Do you think Marvel peaked with the end of Phase 3? And do you think now there's an overstimulation of Marvel content going on now that they have so many TV shows and movies coming out every single year? Hot take. Here we go. (laughs) 
Amanda, you want to go first? Gotcha. Um, so I do not think it peaked. Um, I definitely do not think it peaked. And the reason being is because it's really easy to say something peaked when, and I'm coming from a perspective of like being like a woman, a woman of color, and just like coming from a demographic in which like I don't see a lot of myself. So when somebody's like, oh, it peaked and now it's like going downhill, it's like, it's really weird that you think things are going downhill now that more stories are being told, you know? So I think that, was it a high point? Was it like a great glaring, again, accumulation of something that took over a decade to make? Yeah, I think that was great, but I don't think it's the peak. I don't think it's all downhill from here. I think, again, like people forget, we started off with Iron Man, played by Robert Downey Jr., and Iron Man wasn't really that well-known of a superhero at that point. And RDJ was just coming back on his come-up. And then we have Thor, again, not very well-known, just kind of like the properties that people didn't really pay attention to. And so I think that it's really just sad to not give new stories and new things a chance before you're just like, oh, that was it. That's the peak. Uh, We can't do it anymore. Pack it up, guys. We're going home. Like, no. And as far as over stimulation, as far as too many things going on at the same time, I do think, again, like, you don't have to watch everything, you know? And I think there's this whole gatekeepy thing where it's like, oh, if you don't watch everything all the time and keep up with everything and have, like, a million different theories and know this lore and this, that, then you're not a real fan. When I'm just like... I think if you watch it and enjoy it, you're a real fan, you know? So if you decide that you only want to watch Phase 4 and you just kind of want to watch a a recap to kind of know the context, or if you just want to watch this movie or if you just want to follow these characters, that's fine. Like, you don't have to watch, like, almost 20 years of content to be considered a fan. So (laughs) Well said, well said. Like, I think that it's... If you think about it in the mentality of gatekeeping and being like, well, if you didn't watch it from the beginning, then you're not real. Like, that's stupid. Like, get out of here with that, you know? So I think if somebody's going to the movies, they're enjoying it, they're having a good time, just let them. And you don't have to watch everything beginning from, like, the the Incredible Hulk, you know? It's fine. <laughs> like, you don't have to. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I don't think it peaked. And I don't think, like, it's not oversaturated if you don't let it be. Yeah, I, that's a great point because, like I said, I don't watch all the TV shows because I just don't have the time, and it's not my only thing. It's just to watch comic book stuff. So I, I think the oversaturation, uh, plus they're spacing things out. It does. It when you look at it on a paper, it does look like a lot of things. But I just think it, the oversaturation is, is not just with Marvel, but Disney is putting out a lot of things because we get to factor in both their Star Wars content, all their shows and movies. So it looks like Disney is really making a monopoly of content. And so I think maybe there might be an oversaturation of Disney content, not just Marvel, but including the Star Wars stuff. There is a lot of shows. There is a lot of movies. And it, I, I kind of worry that kids, young people especially, will be just watching only Disney as opposed to uh, looking at other avenues for storytelling because there's so, much, so many rich stories to see in movies and television and reading books of... From independent films, um, you know, people making things on a very low budget but with a lot of heart. Um, like Coda is a great example. Uh, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On is another example. I don't know if you saw it, Amanda, but it's one of my favorite movies this year. Really terrific film about family, uh, dealing with grief, uh, growing through change. Um, geared towards families, it's an A24 film, but I don't think it's going to make that much money and not many kids are going to see it. So I get worried that movies like that, Marcel, are going to get left by the wayside through all this content. And also in terms of the peak 
I think that Infinity War and Endgame is an amazing high point that's going to be hard to top. And they're clearly, I think, but I also like say... box office-wise. Yeah, box office-wise, but also it was a really, I think Infinity War is a really amazing movie. Um, and also the culmination, like you said, Amanda, of 11 years of work, this great villain we've been waiting towards, and then a really terrific conclusion to that story. The buildup was so long, it's hard to pull off a conclusion to a story that takes place over 10 years, and they just did a phenomenal job pulling it off. But I think you can't really call it a peak if we have a new format in terms of television series uh, included in Marvel now. So we have a completely new avenue for Marvel to tell their stories. So maybe there's a TV series that will be better than any movie they've made. Yeah, when, when talking about Disney and the oversaturation first thing, like it's kind of always been like that. Even when we were kids, think about it. We were watching the Disney Channel, Lizzie yeah, McGuire, Johnny Tsunami, watching all those oh TV my God, shows. Never looked at it that and way and movies same thing with nickelodeon so yeah. it's kind of always been these conglomerates running what kids watch in general you know cartoons and stuff so i mean we, we watched every cartoon nickelodeon same kind of thing it's just a different world different there. way of storytelling era and it's just obviously bigger and more larger budgets and also i also agree with the man it's not a peak yet because I, I thought avengers the original was like this is the peak how could they ever top this and then infinity war and endgame True. like how could they ever top this and i'm sure the next time i'm gonna say the same thing how could they ever top this so <laughs> i think it's a constant like peaking it's a it's like a, a story structure it's a big climax going down bigger climax it's going the wall street larger climax going like it's just gonna go up and up and up up and down up and up up and down it's just gonna be constantly in an upward trend though so i think every peak will be higher than the previous so technically they're not peaks what what's What's problem with this kind of this culture and view of, of movies nowadays is there's a heavy competition in our culture, like competition, competition, competition. That's why, like, everyone makes ranking lists. This is my best movies, my 10 best Marvel movies, the 10 best superhero movies. Like, we're constantly competing, putting things into competition with one another. And for some reason, people are always looking for what's the best, like, what's number one even though this is all subjective, like someone's favorite movie could be Black Widow. And even though we didn't really enjoy that, that could be someone's favorite movie and they could think that's the peak of Marvel. So I just think that there's way too much heavy competition in like pitting things against each other in our movie culture that wasn't, I didn't, I feel like it wasn't really as intense as it is now. I think it might be social media might be amplifying yeah. that. I was just but, about to say, I'm like social media yeah. has a big hand in that. Yeah, because it's like hot takes, clickbait, try and get people to watch your videos. So I'm going to like tear this movie apart or do my ranking of this and whatever. But I think that heavy competition is breeding a culture of, of movie fandom that is just becoming way too intense and way too combative in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I literally just made a few videos about it because I had cooled off on like making like a lot of Marvel content because I kind of reiterated where it's like, I'm a fan, you know? Like, I've been watching Marvel content in general since, like, the early 2000s. Again, I watched Play With My Dad. I saw the Spider-Man movies. The first Spider-Man movie I saw in theaters was Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man 3. Like, I've loved Amazing. this stuff for so long. <laughs> and then I got into the MCU in 2012, funnily enough, at the Avengers. Like, your original peak, you know? And so I kind of looked at the state of, like, how everything is going. And I'm just like... Not everything has to be like this ginormous, like, and I love media and I love analyzing media and I love finding the meaning in media because people don't make things for no reason, you know? But the biggest thing that was like kind of irking me is the fact that like, again, like this big competition thing where something has to be better than something else. Something has to have this, something has to like, my theory has to be right. And it's just like, no, like 
it's it's entertainment you know like at the very end of the day it's like it's entertainment the main goal is to be entertained and what also happens is if if someone doesn't agree with your take or doesn't agree with like your your ranking of something you get attacked for it it can be it can be pretty vicious yeah like people like can't fathom you not putting like a movie in your top five list of something and it's just like this is my opinion and i think online people are incapable of really respecting each other's opinions nowadays and it's really getting into everything i put eternals over black widow and so many people in the comments were like wrong and i'm like how is it wrong it's my opinion (laughs) like it's so weird it's so weird we're literally like a subjective opinion will be considered wrong to somebody. And, like, the only time I consider something wrong is when you're just being blatantly, like, any kind of obic, you know? Or any kind of ist. But somebody liking a movie slightly better than another movie isn't objectively right or wrong. It's just an opinion. And it's so sad that it's, like, it's gotten to a climate of people being like, well, this person liked this movie, so I don't trust them. And it's like, what do you mean? (laughs) It's just a... Calm down. (laughs) Like, calm down. 100%. Um, it's it's just like right. not everything. I have can a be... question too for both of you again. Yeah. Okay. So Tony Stark as Iron Man was the most beloved character and hero of the MCU. We all know this. And his absence kind of I feel like has been felt in the MCU without Tony Stark. It hasn't completely felt the same. So who's going to be the new kind of glue for the MCU going forward? Do you two think it's gonna be Captain Marvel? Will it be somebody else? And will fans accept somebody else as like the new leader of the MCU that isn't Iron Man Tony Stark? Good question. Hmm. I know Who's I got some hot take questions leader? here. I well, I always looked at it seems like Doctor Strange seems to be taking on a leadership um position for the heroes, although we haven't seen a team up yet. It also seems like Black Panther might end up becoming a very important leader for the entire group. So I think Doctor Strange and Black Panther might be our our two new leaders for the overall Avengers. Mm -hmm. Um, I agree and I think also again since phase four is a bit of a different format than like again phase three because phase three also again was accumulation of things that had happened over a decade so um, I think going forward if there is like the kind of main person again like Doctor Strange has been kind of taking that mantle right now because he's been popping up in pretty much everything Um, and then we have uh, Black Panther we do not know who's going to take the mantle yet but um, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a she, though, just based off of the, uh, the the writings on the wall. And then as far as, like, young team-ups go, I feel like it's going to end up being uh, Spider-Man. Like, mm-hmm. when there are, like, more younger people kind of... I like that. ...getting together. Or Riri. Um, probably either Spider-Man or Riri. I feel like they bond. Um, and I feel like they would, going forward, help the younger, like, team members. Because we've been getting more team members in their, like late teens early 20s so it'd be nice to kind of see them come together as well because we've pretty much had an mcu full of people in their late 20s and up for a long time now so i'd love to see the come up of the younger members of <laughs> the of like the, the teams. Teen titans yeah definitely and I, I have a oh i'm sorry oh sorry and then um as far as like the whole absence of Iron Man. It's like, yes, he was great and he served his purpose. And I feel like there's still an overemphasis because it's been, what, 2019, 2020, 20, Yeah, it's been three years um, mm. since he's passed. And I feel like we've closed that chapter. Like, there's so many people being like, bring Iron Man back. Why? Like, why? Like, what's like what's the actual narrative reason you want him back? Because you want to see his face? Like, his story is done. Let the new stories progress. Let somebody else take the mantle. 
Yeah, I agree. I haven't. I don't think I've felt his absence, and I, I actually walked into Endgame wanting him to die. I was like, Iron Man. <laughs> I was like, Tony, Tony Stark better. He better freaking die. If he doesn't die, I'm gonna be so mad. Yeah. I don't I want, want to see him anymore. I want conclusions, and I want character arcs to end. I don't want people to just never die and just keep showing up. I think it works for the character to to just end their story. Uh, so I'm, I'm actually, I haven't felt his absence at all. Plus, all the new characters have just like kept us like stimulated with um just new storylines and new new people to watch new actors to watch on screen the so i don't think story, i've felt this absence at all the but, only um, time the I, resurrection I, I, works yeah. is with loki because yeah. he's dramatic like yeah loki never dies i, I that's yeah so I was, how loki like in thor love and thunder they made a great joke of how many times loki died i was like that was a great joke yeah. great job I'm like he's like a cockroach he's just gonna keep coming back yeah. like <laughs> Now, we love the Guardians, and I have a great question for the two of you again. What is going to happen to Peter Quill and alternate 2015 Gamora? The Gamora that we knew and loved, Peter oh. Quill is gone. She died on Vormir as Thanos sacrificed her for the Soul Stone. The Gamora now who exists in the world leapt forward in time from 2015 to the present. She never experienced any of the events that Peter shared with the other Gamora. Will their, will their love transcend across time, or is that relationship gone like the woman who helps help save the many gal- the galaxy multiple times alongside her fellow Guardians. Now, what do you what do you think is going to happen with Gamora and Peter Quill? Will they be re- reunited? Will they rekindle a new love? Will they go back to like their? It's going to take seven years for us to get together again. Um, I'm really curious because I love Gamora and Peter Quill so much. They're mm-hmm. some of my favorites in the MCU. What do you think, Amanda? Um, I think maybe, especially after like watching Love and Thunder, it's like while I would love because I'm I'm a sucker for a love story. I am a hopeless Same. romantic. Okay. Same. Um, but I think this might be like a lesson in letting go because the Gamora, first of all, how did she not get pruned? Um, but that's a story <laughs> for another day. Um, the Gamora that Peter had originally met, like she went through this whole thing, went through this arc. She kind of like had that time to soften. Meanwhile, this Gamora is, Gamora is basically just plucked out of time and she's still kind of in a mindset of a previous time period Gamora. So... I don't think that that relationship as it was, because that's not his Gamora, you know? That's not Mm -hmm. the Gamora he fell in love with, and that's not the Peter Quill that she fell in love with. So I I don't think that it would be, A, like, logical for them to get together again, or B, just, again, like, it's not the same. Like, that's not the same woman. And I feel like it'd be kind of like a replacement goldfish. It'd be kind of like getting a Gus too. And it's just, again, that story like came to a tragic end. And I feel like those characters, especially like after Love and Thunder, like we don't see him mention, like we see him mention Gamora in passing, but he still speaks as if he lost her because he did. Um, He did lose Gamora. That Gamora that walked away wasn't his Gamora. And like, like he says, like he felt shitty about it. And that was kind of a lesson in letting go. So unfortunately, I don't think that's something that's going to be rekindled. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. And also, we got to keep in mind that this is James Gunn. He's saying this is the last Guardians movie, so the it's going to be a trilogy. So it's going to have a conclusion and a finality to it. I agree. I don't think they're going to get back together again. But I do think that Peter Quill and Gamora. I think there will be a rekindling of some kind of a connection. Not like they're going to kiss or anything, but there. I think that. They, they will have a connection for sure, maybe by the end of the film. Maybe one of them will sacrifice themselves to save the other. Uh, I, but I think I think Amora will see um, the good in Peter eventually by the end of that film. But I agree. I don't think they're going to get back together again. But there will be something for sure, I think. But I think it's going to be a really emotional film. 
I think it's going to be maybe it looks like it has the potential to be one of the Marvel's best movies because uh, James Gunn's done an awesome job with all of the films and having this be the last Guardians movie. They always have had a great heartbeat uh, in those films combined with the comedy. What does Nebula say? She says um, it's between him and, and, a, a, tree. Squir- and a squirrel yeah. or a tree. Yeah, him and like a tree. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Now, another question. So what's up with Nick Fury? Why is he creating a space base for S.W.O.R.D.? S.W.O.R.D. is the sentient weapon observation response division. It's an American extra governmental intelligence agency dedicated to protecting Earth from both extraterrestrial and extra dimensional beings and threats. Nick Fury is currently doing his work out in the open and vastness of space. Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home post credit scene showed Nick Fury overseeing the construction of a massive space station. Now, what's he doing out there? Is this going to mean that we're going to get more Celestials in here? Or is it just kind of like what he was originally doing in Avengers, having like that aerial, those ships to save, to help protect Earth? Now they're just going beyond Earth in the space to help protect Earth. And maybe in case Earth is gets blown up, they have a space base of humanity still. The reasoning is because like they're just like they're really grasping the significance of like the the universe, space, the multiverse. And we have to remember like Nick Fury was like snapped. So like that's basically just like direct proof and direct ways that, like it affected him. Like he was literally snapped out of existence by an extraterrestrial cuz Thanos is a titan, like he's not he's not human, you know? And so I think the reasoning again is because it's like it's not just an earthly battle anymore it's not just an earthly fight it's not just about the avengers protecting earth it's about the fate of the multiverse as we know it, the, the universe as we know it and so it'll like it, it's beyond again it's beyond earth now so there's that's all the reason he needs to be kind of cognizant of like what's going on in the universe also it'll be a really cool visual because it, it wouldn't make sense to have like an avengers campus anymore like on earth like that building, <laughs> that building they have wouldn't really With like tacos. It, it would make way more sense to just have a space station where Avengers can come in and out. Uh, uh, it also it's it's easier for space travel to already start in space if you're going to launch something. Uh, so I think just it's like a new base camp for many of the future movies and TV shows. And it looks like uh, Sam's not going anywhere. He looks like he's going to be in a, like another twenty movies with Marvel. Sam, so I, I think it's going to be seen a lot this this space station in a lot of the movies and TV shows. I could see that for sure. All right, next question: Where the heck is White Vision? And do you think we'll ever see him in the MCU going forward? I get, I get, bet he comes back at some point. Maybe he comes back when they eventually bring Scarlet Witch back because I think it was confirmed that she's not dead and she's going to come back. So, where's White Vision? Oh Anyone, my any goodness. Ideas? Oh my god, this this question's been bothering me for a year. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about him, honestly. (laughs) Did the shit puzzle, then he took off. (laughs) Because, like, like, that's the thing, it's like, because again, I'm not like a big, humongous theories person, like, I have my thoughts, but like, it was also very odd to me that, like, Wanda didn't really mention, like, she she mentioned Vision twice in Multiverse of Madness, but it didn't even really seem like she tried to look for him. That she tried to, you know, get him back. So I was just like, huh, that's a little that's a little bit weird. Because he literally just flew off with the memories and the knowledge that he used to be vision, granted, not with the feelings, not with the like lived experiences, not with the emotional attachment. But he now knows what he was. So where did he go? Um, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I feel I I I'm trying to like think in my head what, where he what he could have possibly done, and 
And I'm also very confused as to why Wanda never tried to find him, you know? Yeah, I, that was curious, too, for, for me watching Multiverse of Madness. I think that White Vision, he's pulling, like, a Dr. Manhattan in Watchmen where he's just, like, went to a planet to just build his own home. And, and to just, just think. Yeah, and to, just to think about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he went on a live, laugh, love. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, don't, I have no idea what's going on with that guy. Um, do you want to move into our intermission? Actually, I have one, actually yes, do intermission, yeah. then I have some more fun questions. Raiders of the Lost podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Manscaped.com, the leaders in men's grooming who are turning your shower routine into your favorite part of the day with their ultra-premium collection. It includes deodorant, body wash, 2-1 shampoo, conditioner, hydrating body spray, and a free set of Manscaped lip balm. Use our coupon code Raiders of the Lost at checkout for 20% off and free shipping worldwide. I also recommend getting their new Boxers 2.0, the most comfortable briefs we've ever put on. Anthony, we got a couple pairs each. Tell me how comfy they are. They're super soft. I wore them at Comic-Con because I knew it was going to be walking a lot. I wanted to be comfy down there. They got a little extra space for your junk as well. So get to Manscaped.com, get the Boxer Briefs 2.0, and also the Platinum 4.0 collection is their best deal yet, as well as all the stuff from the Ultra Premium Collection. It includes the Lawmower 4.0 trimmer, which is a rocket ship or a UFO, a UAP for your grooming needs. Using the shower, it's waterproof, has a built-in light, skin-safe, 7,000 RPM motor, wireless charger. Get on Manscaped.com right now. Use our coupon code Raiders of the Lost at checkout. You'll get 20% off and free shipping worldwide. Our other amazing sponsor is MoviePosters.com. You know them. Use our special promo code Raiders10 at their website and get 10% off your order today. They have a gigantic selection of pretty much every movie and TV show imaginable in their poster arsenal. They also can do all sorts of sizes, framing, and backlighting for your poster needs. They got you covered. Again, head on over to MoviePosters.com and use our promo code Raiders10 to get 10% off your order today. All right, let's head on into our trivia intermission. Should be a lot of fun. And Amanda also part- is going to participate with her own questions and, and answers Indeed. as well. Ooh. So let's begin with the movie quote competition. Oh, Y'all listening? Yeah. <laughs> All right. No amount of money ever bought a second of time. Oh, my God. And these are all MCU questions. You know no amount you've... of money ever bought a second of time. Amanda, do you have a guess? Why does that feel like an Iron Man? Iron it's Man? Tony. It's Tony, but can you guess which movie it's from? Oh, I was, was going to guess something else, but it's done. <laughs> oh. Tony um. said, no amount of money ever bought a second of time. I'm going uh, Tony in Endgame. Amanda? Oh, God. Because like I know Endgame has to do with time, but I don't want to copy. <laughs> you can copy. It's fine. I want to copy. Okay. Uh, All right. You guys are right. So he says it when he's having the conversation with his father. He's like, and he's in the past. His father's yeah. like, so what did your old man ever say to you? He's, he said a, a few nuggets, and that's one of the nuggets he says to his father. Maybe gives him the inspiration to say it to him in his youth. Nice question. Thanks. Good job. All right. Here's my quote. The perfect blossom is a rare thing. You could spend your life looking for one. And it would not be a wasted life. Oh, I know this. Oh, oh no. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guarantee when you say it, I'm going to be really mad that I, I didn't know if you guess give up, it right. I, I know this so well. You look like you, oh, your I head's love, on your face. I know it. <laughs> oh, God. Was it Black Panther? So no, I don't think no. Anthony's is I didn't do Marvel you. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh. oh. Say, say it one more time. 
Yeah, don't think about Marvel. It's, okay. not, it's not a comic book. Say it one more time. I'll say it one more time. The perfect blossom is a rare thing. You could spend your life looking for one, and it would not be a wasted life. Oh, homie, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> James? All right, that is The Last Samurai. That is Ken Watanabe. Correct. Oh, my gosh. Ah, Katsumoto, okay. Katsumoto. The, the samurai leader. He's so good in that movie. All right, Mandy, your quote time. All righty. It's time to start asking yourself the big questions. Who are you and what do you want? Huh. Hint, it's not it sounds really movie. familiar, but it does. I don't know. I'm going. <laughs> this is a good one. Who are you and what do you want? The Matrix? No. Man of Steel. No. <laughs> it's a hint. It's not from a movie. What's the answer? It's from a TV show. Crap. You can't hear it. Oh, can <laughs> no, you hear me? Say it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Now we got, got you. A hint. It's not from a movie. It's from a TV show. Oh, uh, I don't know. Hmm. I'm stumped. You're, you're stumped? Yeah. Got it. It is Uncle Iroh, Avatar The Last Airbender. Ah, we would not I've have never that. seen it. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Guess this movie release here. This is a comic book movie, but not an MCU movie. Okay. What year did Spawn come out in? Oh, I love that movie. You used to have a Spawn action figure. Yeah, Spawn was great. I'm going to go 1998. All right, Amanda, guess. Okay, I'm going to go with the year I was born, 1997. 1997 is the answer. Oh, Yay! Wow. <laughs> great job. Great job. All right, Anthony. Wow. Too. Wow. Now I feel old, Amanda. <laughs> Why would you feel old? We're born. We're 90 babies. 1990. <laughs> that's fine. You still got the nine. Yeah, that's true. true. We're still true. in there. Thanks. Just got in there. <laughs> All right. Guess the, guess the movie release year of Memoirs of a Geisha. Two, uh, two. Uh, 2000. Four? I was gonna say the same thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna copy her. 2005. Oh, damn, damn it! it. <laughs> close close one. Close one. Very great. Very good movie too. If you have, if anyone hasn't seen it, check it out. All right, Amanda. If you have a, a movie released to your question, go for okay. it. Okay. 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 The movie Clueless, starring Alicia Silverstone. 1996. 1995. It was 95. Yay! I got it. Nice. <laughs> nice. All right, my next question you two can piggyback on if you want. It's a, okay. it's a multiple choice, technically. So name five actors who have played more than one superhero villain hero character. Who have played so two superhero characters uh-huh. at least, whether they're heroes or villains. Name five actors that have done it. Shoot, oh, there are okay, quite, I know there are quite I'm a blanking. few. I'm blanking. I know this. Um, we got, can we, did we just start? Yeah, yeah go, go for it. Okay, for okay. It. Um, Oscar Isaac. Um, yes. He's Moon Knight as well as Apocalypse. 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 Yes. Um, we have that's one. Um. Um. Ooh. Um. Ryan Reynolds. Yes. We have Ryan Reynolds. He played Deadpool he, and uh, Hannibal. Green Lantern. Charlize Theron. And Green Lantern. Oh, ooh. Eon Flux, and she's um in the new Marvel movies. Plus, she's a superhero yeah. in um yeah. the Will Smith movie. Yeah. So Han- sh- um, yeah. what's it called? Hancock. Hancock. Gemma Chan. Gemma Chan yeah. is in two MCU movies. Yeah. Yep. Um, oh, okay. There's a bunch. There's a bunch. I, I thought you guys would cruise through this. There's a it's, lot. It's, it's hard off the top of your head. Because <laughs> like, it's like when somebody asks you what you want for Christmas and you forget everything you've ever wanted ever. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> One um, more. Come on. You two can do it. Uh, I'm looking at my Funko Pops to see if they help. <laughs> oh. 
10 seconds, then I'll Who give played you. a hero <laughs> and a villain? Someone Not just... necessarily. They could play two heroes. Yeah, or, I just mean two, yeah, two, two, two yeah. characters. Oh, no. Um, <sighs> I'm blanking. I don't know. Amanda, you got any other guesses? Oh, goodness gracious. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be so upset at myself. Oh. Uh, I can't think. <laughs> all right, all right. Here's a here's another list of some more. So Chris Evans is the Human Torch. Oh, oh my, my god! god. <laughs> Josh Brolin, Thanos, and Cable. Oh. Okay, oh, so I say Tom Michael Hardy. B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan's one. He plays two characters. He's, he's the Human Torch, yeah. also, and also um, the villain in Black Panther. Killmonger. Killmonger. Tom Hardy is ba- Bane and Venom. Oh my god! Oh. Michael Keaton's Batman and Vulture. Ben Affleck, Daredevil and Batman. Oh my god. Willem Dafoe, he's the Green Goblin and Volko in Aquaman. Oh my god. Michael B. Jordan, yep. And I feel so dumb. Jared Leto is Joker and Morbius. Oh man. <laughs> and then Brandon Routh, Superman and the Atom. And yeah, that's pretty much the list in addition to everything else you two said. Wow, I feel like a bonehead. It's oh okay. my goodness. Again, it's like forgetting everything we've ever known ever. Yeah. The Chris exactly. Evans one was, I thought you guys would get that yeah, first. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I keep like literally, I keep forgetting that he was Johnny Storm. <laughs> Man, all right, let's move on. I got a quiz question. What video game movie did Ken Watanabe have a role in? I did a Ken Watanabe themed questions today because I love him. Ken Watanabe video game movie. Video, oh, video game movie. Um, I don't know if this is, is Godzilla a video game movie. Technically, it is not. But there's got to be a Godzilla video game after the movie. Oh, is it Doom? No, he's not in Doom. Um. Hmm. Is that a video game movie? Yeah. Video game movie. There, there aren't many great, a lot of great ones. Don't Google it. I'm don't not, Google I'm, video. I'm, I'm, don't I'm, Google it. Cheating. I see you on your I'm phone. Not. I'm pulling up the reviews sure for is. the next segment. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't cheat. I don't need to. All right. What do you guys think? I don't know. It's Amanda, not Mortal anything? Kombat, is it? No, it's not. Okay. He's too. He's too good for that. He's too good for that. <laughs> Everyone's too good for Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the answer is Detective Pikachu. Oh my Do god! He, he played he played the, uh, the ex partner of yeah. Ryan Reynolds. <sighs> Great question. Thanks. <laughs> All right, Amanda, do you have a trivia question, or do you want to move on to the next segment? Oh, a trivia question. Who lost out on the role for Captain America? Not necessarily lost out, but like wasn't was like in the running. I, I know. It was, it was Krasinski. Krasinski. Our guy. That was easy. Yeah. <laughs> Love him so much. All right. Moving on to the next segment. Who's our? We got haters of this week or unsubscribers or anything like we that. We have we have a couple unsubscribers this week. Who we got? So a joke on the show, Amanda, is we used to we used to, we like to read hate mail, and then we always say that that person unsubscribed from the show, and it's become a great slogan. Fans <laughs> love it, and it's it's so fun. We do an unsubscribe segment now. Perfect. I think, uh, no unsubscribes. No, no, we have. I thought I thought I had some. I have a, a favorite comment of the week. Who is instead it? of an unsubscribe? So Woodcox Luke wrote, I've spent the last month and a half catching up on the podcast from last October, and I still can't figure out why they say Alora in some episodes. <laughs> uh, it's, it's an Italian word that means like, anyways. Moving so, on. Yeah, moving on. So it was, I thought that was really, that cracked me up. Oh. A great five-star review from Ryan Saros. Awesome sauce. Five billion, gazillion, trillion, quadrillion stars for this podcast. I love the short film reviews that don't have spoilers in them. Ryan Donaldson. Thanks, Ryan. We have a godfather today. Who is it? 
Our godfather patron of this episode is Andrew Lukler. Andrew! A huge fan of the show, always interacting with us on social media. We really appreciate you becoming a godfather the day patron. The wedding, you became a godfather we patron. We made you laugh, you couldn't refuse. What's his uh, movie choice? Andrew selected The Ides of March for his bonus I review. Love that movie. Which is a really great uh, Ryan Gosling, George Clooney movie. Political thriller. Yeah, it's terrific. It's very underrated. Uh, I can't wait to review it for you, pal. Thank you again for joining our Patreon, Andrew. We appreciate it, pal. Now, on this day in film history, today is August 8th in 1986, Stand By Me was released. In 2003, SWAT was released. In 2014, The Nick premiered. In 2017, the Walt Disney Company announced plans to create its own streaming service, canceling ties with Netflix. In 2018, the Academy of Motion Pictures reveals new popular film category for the Oscars. And happy birthday to Dustin Hoffman. My streaming recommendation for this episode is three great comic book movies just got added to Hulu this month. Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3. Go check them out. Rewatch them for the 30th time. <laughs> <laughs> my streaming recommendation for today is Drive My Car on HBO Max. It was the Japanese film that won Best International Feature at the Oscars last year. Highly recommend you check it out. So if you have HBO Max, add it to your watch list. All right, let's get back into our episode. Actually, I'm sorry, man. Did you have a recommendation? Maybe something you recently watched? Recommendations? Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I recently binge-watched all of uh, the new Resident Evil series on Netflix. And um, it's pretty fun, pretty campy. Um, kind of like, I, I don't know what I was expecting, but it was like, it was fun. I had a good time and zombies. So I would recommend nice. watching that. Zombies, zombies are always great. <laughs> now let's get back into our episode on Marvel phase five going forward. I have another fun question for the two of you. Ready? Let's hear it. So the Celestial Tiamat stone body is literally sticking out of earth and no one is talking about it on earth. And how has it not affected the earth's rotation and orbit of the earth around the sun and the moon's orbit around us? I want someone to recognize this in the MCU. And also, it didn't really affect the weather or the earth when it erupted, it, it emerged from inside <laughs> the earth. It should have like caused like a giant, huge it earthquake. pushed off the axis of the orbit yeah, around the sun. Yeah, and also the cra- crevices should have just like cracked across the entire globe. I just think that they're just like, maybe no one really noticed. <laughs> let's not talk about it right now. It's not really, it doesn't really serve the plots of these movies it shows. So let's like, let's just... Put it on the rug for a little bit. <laughs> uh, so what I think is since, like, this series, like, it's, again, like, it's science fiction. It has fantasy. It has, like, all these things that are, like, inherently unrealistic. So things like that, I've come to the point where I'm like, you know what? Especially, like, living real life as a person right now, when, like, catastrophic things happen like that, I've come to the point where I just kind of look and I'm like, huh. Kind of awful, and then just go on with my day. So, like, it's a good way to look at it. I think that's kind of like how the people in the MCU are, where they're just like, oh, a giant head erupted out of the earth. You know, that's just Tuesday. <laughs> like, you know, like, I, I feel like that's Tuesday. the point of like, like mental capacity that the citizens of the MCU have kind of come to, where it's just like, oh, uh, cool beans, a giant head's there now. That's awesome. Um, because again it's like a world of fantasy and sci-fi and all these unrealistic things where it's like you know what i'm gonna suspend my disbelief for the entire rotation of the earth not being flung into chaos because this giant head popped out you know true like good point in the beginning like to begin with there's a giant person in the earth so like (laughs) true good point (laughs) still a fun question yeah it's funny (laughs) now 
clearly, since Disney purchased 20th Century Fox and all, every property under the sun, they are probably they're going to be joining the X-Men and the mutants into the MCU. When do you think this will happen? And how do you think they're going to introduce the Fantastic Four, especially into the MCU as well as Deadpool uh, and humans and the X-Men into Earth 616? Well, so it looks like Fantastic Four is we have 2024 and then we have two Avengers movies. So I'm guessing X-Men will start showing up in 2026. And also Phase 6, they've only announced Phase uh, Fantastic Four, Avengers King Dynasty and Avengers Secret Wars. I think they're going to be making a lot of X-Men TV series for that year, 2025 and 2024. And so even though they've only they've only announced a couple things for Phase 6, but I think Phase 6 is going to be heavy X-Men, both shows and movies. And when I think Comic-Con, probably Comic-Con 2023 next year or maybe the year after, we'll get a huge library listing of their X-Men announcements. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I've, like, again, X-Men. Funnily enough, I always end up watching the trilogies of series first because X-Men The Last Stand was my first X-Men movie in theaters. Like... Mm. I just it's a trend for me but um I think they're gonna because we already kind of gotten like a little hints of like the mutants especially in Miss Marvel because at the end of Miss Marvel um Bruno told Kamala that there's something in her DNA that's a mutation so we're already kind of getting like the little crumbs of mutants and um like again, like in comics wise, like Wanda and Pietro were originally mutants, but now that's since been changed in the MCU for because back then they didn't have 20th Century Fox. So I think what they're going to probably do is something akin to like Multiverse of Madness, where they just have like characters pop up as if they've always existed, you know? Because I feel like that's the best way to do it. Like o- the audience knows that it's been 20 years in the making, but in universe, they're like, this is a thing. Now, I got a big question for the two of you. Let's hear it. Who do you think will be the new Black Panther? It seems like it's either going to be Shuri, uh, Nakia, or Okoye. So I I think it's probably going to be Nakia, maybe in my opinion, because I think Lapita is such a huge star. And I think you need a huge star to take on the role of Black Panther. And I think Shuri will still remain and still remain in that role of kind of like the tech person. Mm-hmm. So, um, in my opinion, I think um, Nakia had, like, as much as I love Lupita Nyong'o and I would love to see her, like, don the mantle, uh, she did reject it once already in the universe. So that could either open the door to her rejecting it again or taking it on now because it's been a few years, things have changed, like, circumstances have changed, so she could kind of step into it. I don't believe Okoye will take on the mantle. I feel like she's kind of secure and being like a Dora Um Shuri though, um, that was kind of like where everyone went mentally anyway. Um, I know we have that kind of red herring in the trailer of the queen saying that her whole family's gone. So we could potentially lose Shuri, but that again, that might also be a red herring because we got like a fake out with T'Challa dying in Black Panther one. So I don't know. Like it's, I think between like the, the most likely candidates will be Nakia and Shuri. I, th- I also think I think Nakia will be Black Panther, but why not have them both be Black Panthers? We there was another suit in the first film with Killmonger's suit, so I think it there is definitely the potential for them both to be wearing suits because obviously Letitia Wright had a serious injury performing mm-hmm. an intense stunt, so she's going to have a lot of uh, sequences of action in the film. 
So that tells me she might be involved in huge fighting sequences. So I think maybe uh, it's possible they both could be Black Panthers. Maybe they're both Black Panther at different times in the film. And then at the end of the film, there's just one chosen Black Panther. Because I think it's just you need one character as Black Panther. Because you that got makes two it. Iron Man suits, though. Like you have uh, War, uh, um, what's it, I, War Machine. What's it, I'm sorry. War, War Machine, Machine and Iron Man. The same suit, basically. And Pepper Potts. But yeah. still, there's one Iron Man. Yeah. And it's just Iron Man. I think just having one of there's one Superman, you know. I It'll think, be Black Panther and Little Black Panther. I think it's more meaningful when <laughs> Black there's Panther just one Black of the characters. <laughs> I think it's more meaningful when there's one version of the character, you know, yeah. there's one Superman, there's really just one Iron Man. I mean, he's he's still got the suit, but he's not Iron Man. He's not the tech genius and everything like that. Same thing when Pepper Potts puts the suit on. So I think it's more, but I mean, we could, I mean, there's multiple Green Lanterns, yeah. so it's possible. We'll find out. Anything is possible we'll in the end. That's my guess. That's yeah. a great guess. And I, it kind of also could be in the same vein of like, again, like we have Captain Marvel. We have Miss Marvel. We have probably uh, Maria, Ram not Maria, um, yeah, Monica Rambeau exactly. coming back as Photon. So like we have multiple versions of characters with those skill sets and powers. So maybe it could be the kind of the same thing where it's like we have multiple variations of Black Panther um, within the same universe, not variants as in multiverse, but variants as in like where the like the universe they're in right now. Exactly. It's a great point. You got another? You got another question, Jim? I, th I think those are all the questions that I prepared. That's a whole bunch. I'm pretty sure. In terms of TV series, what are y'all excited to see that's coming up for Phase Five? So there's a bunch of there's a bunch of TV shows. I think that for me, uh, seeing Daredevil, I think will be really cool. Uh, I have high hopes for that show. So I think that's my most anticipated TV show. What about you, Amanda? Um, the show that I'm most excited for uh, for Phase Five. Oh my goodness. So I, uh, as much as I like loved WandaVision, like Catherine Hahn as Agatha had me dead the whole time. I loved her so much. So when I heard they were coming out with the Agatha Harkness series, I was like, yes. Cause like, again, I'm very like, it's, it's vampires for me. It's witches for me. It's a cult for me. Like I love all that kind of stuff. So like the coven of chaos, that's going to be like, I'm not apologizing for how I'm going to act. Um, and I hope that there are also some fire theme songs. <laughs> it's good. It'll be cool to see the Salem witch trials in the Marvel universe. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm really excited for obviously Daredevil coming back and like having a dark TV series like that was back in the day before the Disney big Disney Plus platform was launched, right? Because that was on Netflix. Yeah, it was a Netflix series. Originally. Yeah. And so to see what that's going to be like when it comes to Disney Plus. So obviously that I'm really intrigued and interested. In uh, Ironheart, you know, we're going to have a new kind of Tony Stark character with Ironheart. So I'm really curious to see what she's going to be like and what her intellect will, will be in terms of like being an engineer and super genius and building new tech and building her own iron suit and stuff like that. So it seems I guarantee she's going to be a huge player in the MCU going forward. So I'm really intrigued by that. And obviously, um, what else? X-Men 97, the old cartoon that we used to watch. Oh, yeah. They're bringing that back. I can't wait to check that out because I love that cartoon. It gave us the greatest comic book meme of all time with Wolverine in bed looking at the photograph. I mean, it's iconic. So I, I love that show. Yeah. And speaking of, so Thunderbolts will be the last uh, project for Phase 5. And then Phase 6 is Fantastic Four, Avengers the King, Dynasty, and Avengers Secret Wars. So I, I'm super unfamiliar with the comics. Could you do you know much about the King Dynasty and the Secret Wars, Amanda? 
Um, I believe because like again, like I'm not. I'm very much a movies person, not um, the uh-huh. comics person as well. So as far as like Secret Wars are concerned, I believe that is kind of like. If, correct me if oh some nobody can correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> um, people will inevitably correct in the comments if I am wrong. Um, I believe that that is kind of after everything because you know how we have like the incursions in Multiverse of Madness and how things started colliding and bleeding into each other and how like everything's basically just broken now. So um, I believe that that plot line is basically like an, an acute sorry I cannot say words an accumulation of just like how broken everything turned out. Because mm-hmm. what ends up happening is that essentially like the multiple worlds fight to be able to survive because everything's imploding in on itself. Oh, so yes, this I think I read X- something. It's like so we actually talked about this. This is yeah. the X-Men. And so the Secret Wars basically – this is going to take place I think after the King Dynasty oh, Avengers okay. movies. Yeah, yeah. This is I think going to be Doctor Doom from the Fantastic Four being a villain. I think he'll be the new big bad villain in the MCU after these Avengers movies. I think he'll be like the new Thanos that they're hyping up. And Secret Wars, he's kind of like the ultimate villain in that world. Got it. Got it. And it's like Earth is being destroyed and there's another planet that Like he's, the Earth in Multiverse of Madness. And there's another Earth that he's or another planet that he's in control of. Roger that. That Amanda was talking about where they have to fight for survival, basically. Interesting. I don't know if that's the route they're going. That's what I looked up like a couple months ago. Sounds cool. I'm looking forward to it. Sounds like they got a lot of uh, things to do to build up to that, a lot of track to take down. And it's going to be really fun to watch all these projects come to fruition. Uh, like we said, I mean, they all, they're they famous for their huge Comic-Con panels. And every couple of years they have these huge announcements. And you're like, wow, how are they going to make all these? And then they end up doing it uh, really well. And, I mean, their track record is amazing. Uh, I think Marvel, ha- it's just they don't really make bad movies. And so... Again, they're just going to have another decade of entertainment that uh, I can't wait to watch. All right. Yeah. And uh, any final remarks, Amanda, before we end this one? Yeah. Can we plug your stuff? <laughs> all righty. So um, thanks again, guys, for having me on. It was awesome talking to you guys. Awesome talking about all the new Marvel stuff and everything nerdy. Um, again, my name's Amanda. I go by Amanda Just Vibin on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, I'm a chaotic nerd. I just talk my mind, speak my mind. Uh, sometimes I make skits, sometimes I review movies, and sometimes I'm just showing y'all my yassification and my outfit. So like, <laughs> it's a very it's a variation of different kinds of content. Uh, you can find what you like. And yeah, so I'm just, I'm just vibing. <laughs> We're just happy to have you on. We're working on our yassification as well. So we yeah. got the new set. We're getting some new clothes. Wide shots of so, our, so, we so, have to wear pants now. We're, we're always working on the yassification. <laughs> But thank you so much for coming on the show. It's so great to talk to you on the podcast, finally, outside of when we see each other at screenings and stuff. So thanks for tuning in. Everyone go follow and find Amanda. Be sure to become a patron today at patreon.com slash Raiders of Lost podcast. Send send us your thoughts on your opinions and theories for Marvel Phase 5 and take care. Bye, y'all. This episode of Raiders of the Lost podcast was executive produced by our chosen one patrons, Luke Exelston, Tyler McFly, Becca Keen, Darren Singleton, John A. Graz, Cody Moen, Calvin Cam, and Lauren Smertz. Raiders of the Lost Podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.